Well, there you have another episode of Straight Out of Combat Radio, audio medicine by Green Zone Hero. This Air Force veteran and I have been playing tag for a while, been trying to get him on the show. He's got a great story, hits home with CBDs and hemp. You're going to really enjoy this, and I appreciate you listening to another episode of Straight Out of Combat Radio. Your steely-eyed killer shadow in the night You were born to fight My name is John Krotek, and I want to welcome you to Straight Out of Combat Radio, audio medicine by Green Zone Hero. We're here to honor the wisdom of America's most valuable asset for combat veterans. We're authentic, we're empowering, we're American. Save us all our guest on this episode of Straight Out of Combat Radio, Audio Medicine by Green Zone Hero, is a retired Air Force veteran. We've been trying to get him on the show for a while, but our schedules have always been messed up. But now we're here and we're going to tell the story. So thank you for listening in. His name is Khalid Elnisser. He currently works at Tinker Air Force Base in Oklahoma. And we're going to get to that a little bit later in the story. But he's doing some pretty cool things right now. He's become an affiliate for the hemp-based company HempWorks. And not funny enough, but reality is true. Due to his own high anxiety and depression, he's been classified as 100% disabled. So by his own admission, the reason why he's with HempWorks is because he loves helping people find alternative ways of healing rather than the proverbial pills. And we all know about that. I can't wait to hear about it. His deployments include Oman in 2003. Curacao in 2008, the United Arab Emirates in 2012, and two stateside contingency deployments to Washington, D.C. in 2013 and 2015. Khalid is a single dad raising his two daughters out in Oklahoma City. And like I said, I'm glad he's here. Welcome to the show, Khalid. Awesome. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, brother. You know, we've talked about it many times. And what's attracted us to each other? Well, first of all, being in the military and loving this great country, but also the work that we've both done with hemp. We'll get to that a little bit later. But, you know, tell us about growing up and what it was like in your household, who your mentors were, what that was all about, Khalid. Tell us about that. Absolutely. Okay. So my name is uh, Khalid Elnesser. Uh, John, thank you so much for the great introduction. I was born in uh, Wheeling, West Virginia in 1975. My dad, Rafael, he was a OBGYN. My mom's, of course, you know, stay-at-home mom, which is a job in itself. <laughs> yeah. Raising three boys. I'm the middle of three boys. And, you know, I grew up in uh, New York City. I, I lived in Clearwater, Florida for three years of my life, and then mostly here in Oklahoma. So, I mean, I had a pretty, uh, you know, it, it was a, it was a standard childhood, you know, very, very much the middle child of two other brothers, my oldest and, and my older brother, my youngest brother, my youngest brother and I were actually closest to each other, you know, because we we're 10 months apart, which is freaky knowing that, you know, you just get done with one birth and then go right to another. So my mom is... <laughs> One of my biggest role models, you know, because of the fact that she has endured a lot of pain and, you know, and, and held it well. So and that's probably where I get it from, though. But, you know, she's she's way stronger than me. So you talked about, you know, role models. You know, she's definitely one of them. I looked up to her and, you know, she was strong. She disciplined me when 
when I needed to be disciplined. And, you know, I still fear my mother to this day. And 43, almost 44 years old, and she's turning 68. Actually, you know, that's funny because her birthday is September 5th and mine is September 6th. So surprise, surprise, you get me as a birthday present. What a gift, you know? Hey, man, that's pretty cool, actually. Right. But, you know, just, you know, going through New York City, I lived in Queens for five years of my life. And uh, like I said, I lived uh, in Florida for three and mostly in Oklahoma. But going from Queens, New York to Guthrie, Oklahoma, which was the original capital of Oklahoma, is a bit of a culture shock. But I'll tell you, it it ended up being the best times of my life to grow up in a state that lets you be a kid instead of growing up in New York City, you know, and, and you know, I, I'm nothing wrong with that. It's just that I had some of the best friends in the world in, you know, in the Oklahoma City area. And that's why I've remained in the state to grow up in. Did you have, you know, in your family lineage, did you have anybody who had served in the military prior to your, to you going? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. My other role model, my, my grandfather who, you know, God rest his soul, he's been, he had passed on uh, 13 years ago. He was actually in the French Foreign Legion. Incredible. And I still have a picture of him with my grandmother who's still alive. He had his uniform on and wings. I don't know if he was a flyer or not, but he was admin of some sort, which is what I did. You know, I was more of an opera flight operations and ensuring people were ready to to go out the door with their regulation requirements. So and it it makes me proud to say that I am doing the same thing that he did. That's pretty cool. Now, how did you get to the Air Force? Did it was it after high school or were you out working or what was going on? I went to college for about three semesters and You know, I wasn't really ready for college yet, but I did it because my friends were going and I didn't want to, you know, you you always want to do at 18, 19 years old, you want to do what your friends are doing. And they're moving on and after high school, get out of that little old town of Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, where I went to high school, but I wasn't ready. And so I I was academically suspended because I hardly went to class, you know, and (laughs) at least you admit it. (laughs) Right. And the great thing is, is that you learn through those experiences And in 1999, I raised my right hand and enlisted in the military because I needed a change of pace. I needed an advantage. My my parents weren't paying for college anymore because I wasn't showing I was I was ready for it. So I did that. And after working, like I said, for five years after high school and at the age of 24, I enlisted in the active duty Air Force. Where did you go to basic I went to basic at then called Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio, now called Joint Base San Antonio Lackland. You know, I graduated and what was that training like? To, what was that training like for you going from civilian world into the into oh the military? My, I, yeah, tell us about it. When they tell you that it's going to, uh, they're going to break you down and build you back up, they mean it. I don't care who you are. I don't care what branch of the military you are. That first zero week to one week is literally. I mean, it's hell. It really is, you know, and because I've been so given things all my life, I had to earn them myself. And that's one of the things that really, really helped me to find who I was and realize that I could take the stress as far as the things they put, the responsibilities that you gain in the military is is a lot to handle for someone who has been given things all all his life and had to earn it himself. And it really shows what kind of a person you can be. It was tough, but then at the end, you just, you raise your head and, and just 
you know, you're so proud that you went through something that not many people can do. When you graduated, did your family come down to see you? Absolutely. Yeah. They drove all the way from Southern Oklahoma, all the way to down to Southern Texas to watch me graduate. And I remember because they pulled the RV and, you know, they had, they got on base and I was proud. I was in my service uniform and just proud as all get out, you know, walking down the uh, river walk in San Antonio and, and just, you know, being thanked by everyone, like, thank you for your service. And it was a great feeling. I'm glad you brought that up because it is a great feeling, Khalid, you know, that there's something about putting on the uniform. And like you said, it doesn't matter what branch, there's something about knowing that you have a higher purpose and you are doing something to rise above and, and you know, protect the country. And not a lot of people understand that, but when you put that uniform on, it changes you. It sure does. It really does. So that's pretty cool. So you're feeling really stoked about it. You got through it. You're a little bit older, like like I was when I went in. I think I was 26 when I went in. But so you, where did you go? What was your first duty station? So I actually went to technical training. Uh, I think you all in the Army, I think, call it AIT, I believe. Basically, your technical training. Right. For your And uh, so I went over just, I went straight east from there, southeast to Gulfport, Biloxi, Mississippi. Spent two months there and graduated from what was then called Operations Resource Management School, which is now Aviation Resource Management. And after that, I graduated in January. It was January 27th of 2000 is when I graduated from technical school. And then I got orders to Rapid City, South Dakota at Ellsworth Air Force Base. What was that post like? Is that out in the middle of nowhere? Well, so Rapid City is 30 minutes from Mount Rushmore and and uh, Sturgis and other places. It's definitely out there with by itself. A lot of a lot of towns are in South Dakota, unless you're, of course, in the capital area of here or Aberdeen and Sioux Falls. But that whole state is really just one of the last few natural states that hasn't been metronized. You know, I just put cities everywhere. And so it's got beautiful terrain as far as the Black Hills. And I mentioned Mount Rushmore is great. The Crazy Horse Monument is out there. Deadwood is down there. It's a casino town, but it's beautiful country. It really is. You get used to it. And I met some of my best friends in the world that I still talk to to this day. And half of us are retired and half of us are still in. And it was great to get that experience 14 and a half hours away from home. But it really, really showed you that you could go anywhere and be part of a family, which like I said, I'm still so close to these people to this day. Absolutely. So where were you when 9-11 happened? Oh, my. I was Airman First Class E3. I was just doing my job, and we suddenly went to force protection condition in uh, yellow, and then quickly to Delta, and the base was locked down, and the news was on, and a plane had, at that time, they thought it was just an accident, but then when the second plane hit, we knew that it was a terrorist attack. So something was, it was beyond an accident. This was deliberate. So I I remember feeling scared. I remember feeling, and I was on duty that morning, just getting ready to figure out what what we're doing. And, you know, our supervisors are telling everybody to to settle down. Commanders are held a big meeting from the base commander 
And it was a very, very upsetting feeling, very nerve wracking, you know, but it, it really taught you what that life is, is going to throw you a curveball, and you got to figure out what you're going to do with it. So, but it was a scary feeling, but yeah, I, I don't know how else to describe that, but it was, it was a very nerve wracking, scary experience. You don't know what was going to happen. You know, and you describe it like that. It was scary. You know, nobody really knew what was going on. I think one of the strangest things was when every plane was grounded and if you were around a metro area, the skies were just kind of silent. That's the one thing I remember is that everything just went silent. And, you know, Americans, fellow Americans, wherever you went, people were just in disbelief. It was so surreal to see something of that magnitude happen right here. You know, probably very similar to Pearl Harbor and other things that have happened. But for our generation, it definitely was an eye opener. And it's what led to the last 18 or 19 years of us being involved in places overseas. So what was your first deployment overseas? Was that to Oman in 2003? That's correct. Yep. And what did you guys do over there? What was going on? So we we were bomber support. So I supported the B-1 Lancer, uh, B-1B bombers. That was our squadron at Ellsworth up there in South Dakota. And I just remember, you know, just being, I, I didn't feel my age. I felt like I was just out of high school again, didn't know what to expect. You know, brand new world here. I had never been to the desert ever in my life. If I have, I was very, very little. And because my parents were from the Middle East and I just remember feeling what is going on here? How do I handle this? Going with people who had never been before and people who had been there several times before. So it was just a observe and wait type of moment when I first got there. And I remember just kind of the spin up before we started our bombing campaign, before the war kicked off. And I remember just I don't know. It was it was just one of those things you had to keep it together to make sure your mission goes. And it was very unnerving. But I I really, really enjoyed the experience because of the fact that I got to say that I helped support Operation Iraqi Freedom, Operation Enduring Freedom. Southern Watch was was still going on. Northern Watch was still going on. And I can say I helped support that. Absolutely, you did. You know, looking back on it now, you know, it's been several years since, you know, 2003 and those years you were over there. Would you do it all over again? Absolutely, I would. So no hesitation whatsoever. You no got- hesitation whatsoever. That's that's an experience that you cannot, it may help make me who I am today. Professional, a you know, strong person, but also realizing that I have weaknesses and from each experience comes something new that I have never experienced before that I could pass down to that I could pass down to my to my troops, my coworkers, relive moments with people who are retired now that I work with at Tinker Air Force Base and you know it's something I will never forget about. It's something that's always has changed me. It was an amazing feeling absolutely I would do it all over again. Can you think of one instance in any of your deployments? That was a pivotal point in your mindset where you you just went like, holy cow, this makes this all so real. Or is there any instance that happened to you that you might want to share with us? Absolutely. So just in the mess hall, the dining facility, chow hall, whatever you want to call it, we hovered around the TV, didn't even touch our dinner, lunch, breakfast, whatever, and just seeing the statue of Saddam Hussein being brought down. And and this is a happy moment. This is just to see the the people of Baghdad just 
hitting the statue with, with their shoes and seeing that we helped, we helped liberate Iraq from Saddam Hussein. And that was, I'll always remember that as I helped contribute to that. And the pride just came out of me whenever we saw that. And and everybody came together, whether you were Army, Air Force, everyone just huddled around each other. We were family. We didn't have the different colored uniforms. We didn't have different branches. We were all one armed forces. And everybody just hugged and cheered. And it was amazing. And that's just what made it feel the realest, is when we all got together and celebrated. And because after that, we were a month away from from being relieved of our duty to head back home. Well, thanks for sharing that. I I think I do recall that. And, you know, who didn't? It was everywhere, right? But you're so right to be part of that. You know, that's pretty, that's outstanding and appreciate you sharing that, Khalid. Absolutely. So then you went on to do other deployments, but, you know, did you do a full 20 years with the Air Force? I did not. So I was was, uh, given the option. Basically, it was either I was given the option or they were going to medically retire me anyway. I... You know, as you know, with deployments, your whole life, not just your schedule, your just everything is off. And it's so hard to get back into mode, especially if you've left family behind. And, you know, mama is basically being mom and dad right now. I wasn't married at the time when when on my very first deployment, but just seeing people having to transition back into stateside, you know, mom, dad mode, it puts a lot of stress on you. And, you know, the coping is hard because you just, everything's out of whack. And I don't know how else to describe that except for everything is out of whack. And you, we weren't really given the tools to face what was waiting for us at home, that mom or dad has been, has been doing this without us for all this time. So when did you decide, you know, they gave you that option. When did you decide? What year was that when you decided to retire? I decided to retire around probably December, January of 2018, and I was medically retired that quickly, 90 days afterwards. I put in, I'd started maybe kind of messing with it, maybe in November of 2017, but really made that decision in 2018 where I started getting my paperwork ready to go ahead and tell the medical program manager, she was a major at the time, that I would like to, basically, I was on testosterone therapy. And in the Air National Guard, it's not authorized. It's because they don't have a policy in place for it. Right. So I prayed about it. Anyone who knows me, I'm a godly man. I, I love my faith. I live by it. And I prayed about it. And it just, you know, through just feelings of something compelled me to go ahead and just put in the paperwork. And I was relieved in April 1st of 2018 with a full medical retirement pension waiting for me and had a job just like anyone who was in the reserve component of the military, whether you're Army, Air Force, Navy, you have a full-time job elsewhere. So it was it was sad to leave my friends, but I was ready to transition to post-military life. And that's what brought you there to Tinker Air Force Base in Oklahoma. Is that where you went right after you got out? So I had already been working in the same position I have now because, you know, the Air National Guard is is uh, part-time and I wasn't going to be able to deploy or anything. I wasn't going to be able to 
to serve downrange because that testosterone therapy was was a disqualifier and I was over the 15 year mark to go ahead and get that medical retirement. So it was really easy for me to just retire on Sunday and come to work the next day on Monday. So then it sounds to me like it was a fairly smooth transition. Oh, yes. The worst part was just missing the people that that I grew with, both in the active duty reserve and guard. And, you know, the Air National Guard is, to me, is the more family oriented of all the different components of the Air Force because we're state ran entity. We and we're such a small group that it's like a small town. Everyone knows everyone. And I'm going to have these people in my life for the rest of my life that I will call brothers and sisters. And a lot of my mentors are still over there, too. I had a great boss. She was <laughs> we started off as I wouldn't say enemies, but we both had uh, things going on in our lives. And I first thought she was my worst boss ever. And she ended up becoming at the end, going back, and I, I really thought of her as a older sister, and she ended up becoming one of the best bosses I ever have worked with. It's amazing how that happens sometimes. You know, one thing, yes. you know, what you point out too, and we're not going to say every leader in the military is fantastic, but from my personal experience and talking to veterans, and that's one thing that the military exemplifies is leadership. And it's amazing how many great leaders there are that you never hear about that have that effect like they had on you, Khaled. But, you know, me too. You know, those are the real unsung heroes of the military, those leaders that quietly and professionally do their jobs, but they make outstanding units. And thank you for pointing that out. And and I'm glad that you had that experience with one of your supervisors, because that makes it important to the overall mission for sure. So you're out, you're working at Tinker Air Force Base, or you're working for the Air National Guard in Oklahoma, and it hasn't been that long. You know, tell us about the Hemp Works and what you're doing with Hemp Works and why you're doing that. Absolutely. So I really have been out of whack for a long time. You know, I part of the downfall of having anxiety and depression is you really have, you push a lot of people away and you, you're out of balance. And so you're, you're angry at your kids, you're angry at your spouse, you're angry at your family. And, you know, something had to change. And I had been seeing ads and campaigns and just media information about this wonderful thing called cannabidiol or CBD for for short that comes from the plant, not drug, but plant cannabis and which is broken out into two different species, genus, whatever you want to call it, hemp and marijuana. And we all know that marijuana is stigmatized as a euphoric giving element with THC, but they don't know about the healing properties, the health properties of cannabidiol, which in the hemp is more CBD, less THC, like literally a trace. It's 0.3%. So I did more research. And then this wonderful friend of mine who was army just like you, he was Someone that was younger than me that I looked up to, if that makes any sense. You know, he really has traits that I wish I could have. So I want to learn from him. He put me in touch with his wife, who is now one of my best friends to this day. And I did the research and oh my goodness, they use nothing but pure ingredients, hemp oil, the entire hemp plant is utilized. And the only thing addition 
that goes into it is a natural flavor, cinnamon or peppermint. And I started off on 500 milligrams, went to 750. Guess what? Now I want to go from preferred customer to paid affiliate. So it was amazing because you felt like you were part of something special. And that's how you and I met and was basically through our experiences. And I don't know if you've told this story on your show yet, but it's amazing to know that it's helped so many people to just make them feel better without masking the problem that a lot of pills will do. And well, it's, it, it, it was just amazing. Yeah, it's great the way you say it because a lot of people don't know. And, you know, like I look at guys like us and you, especially being an affiliate for HempWorks, you're on the front lines of what we've seen as a movement that's starting to take place, that's been taking place actually, but to help people heal themselves and live their lives without the proverbial pills that has destroyed a lot of lives. And especially in light of what we just read about in the newspaper recently about oxycodone and oxycotton. And, you know, it's, it's basically pharmaceutical heroin and the people that make those things, I'm sure some people have been helped, but it's been destructive to so many lives. And what you're doing now, Khaled, I think it's cutting edge, starting to mainstream holistic healing items that truly are helping people. Absolutely. I mean, it's a huge understatement. And you're right. That's how we did meet. We met, you know, in those circles and being veterans is very cool, but being veterans that are operating in the CBD space, you a little bit more involved makes it even more worthwhile because we have seen, and it has helped you. It's helped me. It's helped millions of people. And I'm glad to see that people are finally embracing something that for so long was just stigmatized for all the wrong reasons. Anyhow, Right. This is your show, man. So hemp works. So it's a great product. How does it work? And what do they offer? You know, a little bit of flavoring, but what kind of products do they have? Absolutely. So, you know, hemp works, what it is, is they, through my daily choice, if you uh, go to our website, if that's okay, if I just kind of drop that. No, go ahead. Mydailychoice.com and or hempworks, H-E-M-P-W-O-R-X.com. And look at the history. Josh and Jenna Zweigel, they were just normal people. They are still normal people uh, and involved in some sort of business, different parts of the U.S., met and now are multimillionaires. But they don't seem that way because they give 85% of their profit back to their employees, which is amazing. Nobody does that unless you are just an amazing, amazing company. Well, that's pretty cool. And you know, one thing, and this is, and I want the listeners to know this because for some reason there's an element out there that says it's not right to make money. But you know, you mentioned the fact that they're millionaires. Well, you know what? They're millionaires in an industry that is helping millions. So ladies and gentlemen, it's okay to make money. And a lot of times people will point fingers and say, oh, they're just opportunists or this or that. But I'd much rather be making money in hemp works or something similar than being in the the painkiller business that addicts people and you know what was it forty two thousand lives taken last year you know so let's get real here it's okay to make money <laughs> especially if you're doing something that's right and something that's good for humankind anyhow I had to get that absolutely in there. so. Right. Well, it sounds like it definitely a really good company and it sounds like great product. And I'm glad you found something that helps other people, yourself included. You know, let me ask you this. What do you want the civilian world to know about veterans and especially combat veterans? You know, there's this stigma that we're all crazy. What do you think? 
I believe we're as normal as anyone else. We just handle our pain and our and our anxiety differently, and we've been put in high-stress situations. But I'm not saying that we're the, not the only... I mean, there are people that go through high-stress situations, and we just happen to be helping to be the front line of the leaders of the free world. And we are amazing people. We are proud. We have issues just like anybody else. You know, PTSD is not just for military, you know, you know, post-traumatic anything is you could be post-traumatic from 9-11. Big example. There's there was a lot of people who weren't even involved in there that were having to get counseling because of what had just happened. And there is postpartum depression as a post-traumatic disorder that mothers have after birth. You know, a car accident is post-traumatic. You know, so we are just like everyone else, except we just, we handle our pain differently. I wouldn't say differently, but we, we've had different situations happen to us, but it's still a post-traumatic disorder, you know, and it's okay to get help. You know, that's what I always tell people, you know, counseling has helped me out tremendously. I don't see it as a weakness. I see it as a sign of strength, a sign of, I want to get better. And that's where CBD came into play to help balance me so I can make better just to help me cope. Our body needs it. Our body has CB receptors. They didn't discover that until just 30 years ago in Israel, you know, but we're the same as everyone else, except for, you know, we're human, just like everyone, except our path has taken us differently. And, but we are great people just like you all are. It's a great way of putting it, you know, and and it leads, you said something that leads like into the next question, why so many veterans don't reach out for help because it, they think it's a sign of weakness and it is great strength. So, you know, if there's a man or a woman out there, a transitioning veteran who's in that dark place that we've all been to, what would your advice be to them, Colin? What would you tell them? Tell someone that you trust or you know what? Tell, you know, don't be afraid to reach out. You're not weak. People understand that there are high stress situations that take a toll on people that will take a toll on your family. Do it for yourself. Do it for your family. Do it for your, not only your blood family, but your worker family, your, your friend family. You will be so amazed at how much better you will feel after you let out to either a third party, someone that doesn't know you. Go see a counselor. You know, the Military OneSource has a great, great free counseling program that they will pay for it. You know, if you're worried about money, Military OneSource will pay for it. I've used it several times. That's what they're there for. You know, tell a friend, tell tell your family. Nobody's going to judge you. You know, they're going to think that you're better. They're going to be proud of you, think highly of you, more highly of you, that you admit that you have a fault, that you have anxiety, you're depressed, you have a weakness. That's a great thing. Admitting you have a weakness makes you stronger than ever. I couldn't agree with you more. And that's, again, it gets back to the, the proverbial societal mantra, you know, that you're weak if you admit it, or it's a weakness if you admit it. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's a lot of strength there. It takes a lot to be able to be humble and and admit when you're not running in all cylinders. Is there like a mantra that you live by like every day? Is Is there a quote? Do you have your own quote or a belief that gets you through the day? I'll tell you what I read. Here's what's been getting me through the day completely is I read a verse in the morning and I read a verse before I go to bed. 
it reminds me to thank God for waking up another day and thanking God at night before I go to bed. It's a way of me to show him that I will think of him the first thing when I wake up and the last thing I think about before I go to bed. That's what keeps me going. Definitely. (laughs) That's definitely powerful. And I, I do something very similar to that. Is there anything that you want the listeners to know that maybe we didn't cover here today? Anything else that you'd like to add to this? You know, we're listening and having conversation with United States Air Force veteran Khalid El Nasser and his story of recovery and helping others. And it's a great story. But is there anything you think we missed? No, I thank you so much for the opportunity to come out here and speak. And I can't wait to take this green movement of hemp works and through my daily choice further and further. You know, we're worldwide now. We're uh, Europe, Nigeria, and there's more to come. So we're super, super excited to get the word out. That's the one thing that I'll tell you one thing. If you ever get into some kind of business like this or any kind of just movement, you know, be yourself. Put yourself out there. You're only going to make yourself look stronger. If you're if you're anxious, depressed, get help. Tell somebody, be a warrior and go out there and fight the good fight. And let's tell the world about about this movement. Tell the world about yourself. Let's make this world a better place, better than we found it. I like that. How can people reach you, Khaled? Can you give us some contact info? Absolutely. So I have uh, two different websites. I have, uh, but they all go to the same place, djkann.com. That's my, and that will link you to my HempWorks address of www.hempworks.com and then slash L Nesser K. So E L N E S E R K. And it'll take you straight to my site. Um, it'll have testimonials on there. It'll have all of our third party testing. There's hundreds of certificates out there just to prove that we are not, we're not fraud. We have a third party non biased testing of our CO2 extract hemp hemp methods. And then you can reach out to me anytime. I would love to hear from you. I also do a live every every Tuesday with an, either another HempWorks affiliate, or I'll do it with someone from the medical marijuana dispensary business just to get a different perspective. You know, and I'm, I'm on Facebook. Uh, come find me. I would, I would love to connect with you and talk this wonderful thing called uh, HempWorks. Well, thank you for that, Khaled. I appreciate you being on Straight Out of Combat Radio. I appreciate you as a person. Definitely appreciate your service and your story and uh, whatever we can do to help on our end to help educate and help you to help others. Just, you know, just let us know. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, John. Our pleasure. Thanks, Khaled. You gotta light them up before they burn it down. Thank you for listening to another episode of Straight Outta Combat Radio, audio medicine from Green Zone Hero. If you liked what you heard, then tell others about us. Like us and download us. And please remember, freedom is not free, and combat veterans are vital assets. They're not broken.